Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, it's been a long one, Shane. I'm going to crack one open with you. Mm-hmm. But I am, ex- I am excited, brother, because we're going to talk... Some Mississippi State foosball, Shane, and you know that they're one of the the best fan bases in the SEC, and they've all spring have basically said, "Hey, you ain't talking enough Mississippi State football." Well, we're about to do a deep dive on your entire program. So, how's that sound, buddy? Oh, I love it, man. I, I'll tell you, man. I've been doing these big orange walks. You know, just got done with one. Still wearing the garb. <laughs> Tomorrow's <laughs> way in. I'm excited about that. And uh, you know, it's funny. I've been putting them out every day, and the most reactions I ever get is from Mississippi State fans. When I put that Dak Prescott, you know, the year that they were undefeated and they they barely beat Arkansas there at the tail end, hell of mm-hmm. a throw. It was just like I said, it was the it was the most viral Big Orange Walk clip <laughs> I put out there. So, dude, this fan base is hungry and they want to be good. They want to be back on top of that mountain, Mike. Are we going to get there this year? Mm, well, we're about to find out, brother. But uh, let's do a quick recap though of last season. Yep, nine and four. Third in the SEC West, exceeded expectations like they seemingly always do. They get discounted in the preseason. They do better in the fall, Shane. But for me, you know, I don't want to say we wrote them off early because they lost to LSU, but that was one we all had circled. It seemed like a game they could have won. It was in Baton Rouge, first year under Brian Kelly, and they dropped that one. And I don't know about you, Shane, but I was just sitting here saying, well, you know, we were hyping this up as a possible 10-win team, and that's usually the game that defines it. And technically, I guess it did for a 10-win season, but we are at a point now, Shane, where 9-4, and four, I don't want to call it a disappointment, but it was, you know, that's the standard now at Mississippi yeah. State. And, of course, we, we have to mention the legend Mike Leach. It was his final season. They yeah. finally got over to Lane Kiffin and won that Egg Bowl in, in dramatic fashion, thanks in large part to the defense. The defense yeah. has been criminally underrated under Zach Arnett. They have been the stronger side of the ball, in my opinion, uh, over the three years of the Mike Leach era, aside from maybe some of those, uh, you know, his debut was just electric, beating LSU, defending yeah. national champs. So, we all remember the the big offensive showcases, and, and of course Will Rogers. He's already Shane, the school's all time leading passer, and he could play for two more years if he wants <laughs> to. Uh, but it, it's been that defense under Zach Arnett, and I think that's why Mississippi State fans are so confident in their Bulldogs because Zach Arnett has been elevated to the head coach here in Starkville. Yeah, man, and and, and again, off the last note, obviously. Losing the pirate that was that was tough for us, especially. Uh, I know it's tough for all those Mississippi State fans, and and going into last season, it felt like like you know it, this was the year. This was the year that they take that big step forward, and and it was kind of. I'm not gonna lie, man. It was a little awkward at first. It was it was tough for me to put my finger on what this Mississippi State team was last year because you you would see just 
absolute blow blowouts and then and then they'll turn around and like you said the LSU is a prime example it's like what are we doing it felt like we felt like we squandered that game I'm not gonna lie right. you know if you rewatch that thing it felt like there was an opportunity and, and so now you're looking at possibly 10 wins you know even I mean they're they're really even Georgia they played those played those guys tough and and mm-hmm. if if things could have went their way maybe maybe they could have got them an upset victory there but it was just it was just a wild wacky season and uh of course ended on a on a tragic note but uh you look back nine and three that's not that bad brother no i no i mean that that's a hell of a year for most programs in the sec but like i'm saying shade that's i don't want to say that's you know the expectation every year but the expectation is to have a a winning season go to a bowl game win a bowl game beat Ole miss uh mississippi state I believe Shane's got a 13-year bowl streak. The only SEC teams that currently have a longer one are Alabama and Georgia. So that's where we're at here with Zach Arnett taking over his first year in Starkville. So let's jump into it. Doesn't have the stats like these other head coaches because obviously he's only coached one game as a head coach, and it it was the the big bowl win over Illinois Mm -hmm. in the uh, ReliaQuest Bowl. But he's two-time Broyles Award nominee that's an award given to the top assistant coach in the country and he was Mike Leach's defensive coordinator his entire time there at Mississippi State so this was certainly a play for continuity and keeping that defense together and they kept the roster together because a lot of times when there's coaching changes Shane everybody jumps into that portal but Mississippi State did a hell of a job keeping this defense together we'll get to the offense here in just a minute but it's going to be led, Shane, by, I don't want to call him a question mark because his numbers are prolific, Shane, but the offensive coordinator, Kevin Barbay, who was at Appalachian State last year. Mm-hmm. Remember, that was the team that went into College Station and they gave yeah. Texas A&M their first loss. Well, how about this, Shane? Before that, he was at Central Michigan under Jim McElwain, the old shark boy down there in Florida. <laughs> but uh, according to our, our buddy Dave Bartu, Shane, his analytics mm-hmm. – Kevin Barbet, our new offensive coordinator, ranks number one among all active college football offensive coordinators in career average passing game efficiency. So what that means is his quarterbacks, his passing game, more efficient than any other offensive coordinator in the entire nation. So maybe Mississippi State got them a little gem here, Shane, and that's not the only stat that Dave Bartu's dug up for us, Shane. Top 15% passing touchdowns per attempt. Top 20% fewest interceptions per attempt. Mm-hmm. Top 25 in quarterback rating and quarterback efficiency. And top 30 yards per attempt. So what that means, Shane, explosive passing plays. That's what Kevin Barbe specializes in. Explosions. Pushing the ball down the field. Scoring. Not making mistakes and if i'm mississippi state fan i'm will rogers shade i couldn't be happier to hear those stats you know what well i mean and your head coach is echoing those sentiments all off season and and during the spring game so they're gonna let will rogers cook and i and i think well you know when i think of going back to the pirate when i think of him i i think of 
a ton of passing yards, you know. I think yeah. of fun and gun. I think of let's let's grip and rip and have some fun, you know. That's what I was expecting. And it feels like that's what we're going to get moving forward with Mississippi State. So that's that's exciting. And then Arnett took that defense and created something. When I mean nobody was everybody was excited about Mississippi State's offense, but honestly, it was that defense that kept mm-hmm. them in those games. And your your defensive coordinator is now your coach. So uh, I, I think we're in good shape here. And I just love that one of the, everybody asked what was the most important hire in this offseason. I think it was Arnett getting this offensive coordinator and, and hopefully got it right here. I mean, Bartu says, you know, I'm surprised he ain't doing <laughs> stats on us, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I mean, when you're putting in a new offense, Shane, you literally could not ask for a more – experienced college quarterback than Will Rogers because yeah. he's been starting for three seasons going into his fourth season as a starter down there in Mississippi State. So that should make for a smooth transition. There's never any guarantees, but you, you literally cannot ask for a more experienced quarterback if you're Kevin Barbet. I, I think that coordinator hire, Shane, is one that's not being talked about enough in the SEC mm-hmm. and – Certainly, there will be a transition because you're going from the air raid to, you know, where they throw it seemingly 80 times a game to an offense that's more balanced, that utilizes tight ends. So how well do the pieces fit this offense? That is just something we won't have an answer for until we get to the fall. But that's why these guys make all this buddy shade to, (laughs) to get this resolved. And it sure as hell looked good in the spring game. But it was basically a total staff overhaul on the offensive side, Shane. They, we've also got receivers coach Chad Bumpus, and you'll like this one, Shane. This is one of those. He's a Mississippi State former standout. Oh, His yeah. four seasons at Mississippi State, he led the team in receptions three of the four years. Outstanding player from Tupelo. He was at Utah last two years as their receivers coach, and they won back-to-back Pac-12 championships. So mm-hmm. uh, at least that – Seems like a home run hire right there for Zach Arnett. Absolutely. Tupelo. I, I, I got sidetracked, man. You said that. I started thinking of Elvis and that time I went down to Memphis. What a waste of money that was. You couldn't even go upstairs, you know? It's like, what what's the king hiding up there, you know? <laughs> and then here, we're seeing a little bit more of this, Shane. Billy Napier's done it now. We've got it at Mississippi State. We got two offensive line coaches. So, again, unusual. Okay. But we're, they hired Will Friend, who's been a he's been oh, in yeah. the SEC forever. Shane, he was at Auburn the last two years as the offensive line coach. He was at Tennessee the three years before that as O line yep. coach. Colorado State for three seasons under Mike Bobo, offensive line coach, and then he was at Georgia for four seasons as the offensive. Right. So he's been all over the SEC, according to Bar Two. There, top twenty percent graded offensive line over the last fifteen years, and. Will Friend has been a coach. Uh, so, I mean, that's, there's, that's and, pretty and strong recruiter, right there. And a good recruiter, man. Absolutely. Good, always on top of the list. So, Now, here's our other offensive line coach. Shady, he's he's going to coach the tackles and the tight ends, and we're giving him run game coordinator. Here's another one to know, Shane. Mike Schmidt, who was at Syracuse the last mm-hmm. two years, and then he was at San Diego State for 10 years where he has that connection with Zach Arnett. And why is this such a big name to know, Shane? At Syracuse, 
their running back, he was an All-American, Sean Tucker. When he was at San Diego State, Shane, they had a running back named Donnell Pumphrey who left college as the all-time leading rusher in NCAA <laughs> history. I didn't realize that. I had to, I had to double-check that. And they also had an All-American at San Diego State, Rashad Penny, who's in the NFL now. So, Absolutely. I mean, we're sitting here looking at this guy's track record, and it's, it's you know, these are – you know, schools and programs we don't follow, so this is totally new to me. But when you're looking at a guy's track record and you're seeing All-American, All-American, all-time leading rusher, <laughs> clearly he knows what he's doing. And who better to bring into Mississippi State where they didn't run the ball a ton to kind of introduce running the football, so to speak, Absolutely. for, for well, the Bulldogs? Well, I think the, the most important stat there is where was he? It wasn't like he was in Georgia or Alabama, right. where you're just naturally going to get these numbers. He had to identify talent that clearly wasn't a four or five star and make yeah. him into something. I have no idea what Perry was, but I'll tell you, he's a hell of a player. Once If he can stay healthy in the NFL, he's a <laughs> hell of a player. So, uh, no, I, I had no clue until today, Mike. Yeah, no, and that's another great point, Shane. Look at you making all these great points. <laughs> Dialed in. When do you start doing these after these walks, Mike? I'm firing on all cylinders, man. <laughs> and then defensive line coach David Turner, Shane, third time back as a Mississippi State defensive line coach. He was at Georgia Tech last year as a defensive line coach. Before that, three seasons at Florida under uh, Mullen. A&M defensive line coach before that. Then he was at Mississippi State for the second time. Kentucky, Mississippi State the first time, and Alabama. So, again, we Zach Arnett looking around saying, you know, who's been in the SEC for 30 years, can coach yeah. up linemen, give me that guy. He knows how to recruit, knows how to develop. Uh, again, I, these are very, very impressive hires for a first-time head coach in the SEC. Yeah, yeah, that was a tough – I mean, I would imagine, you know, convincing – staff to come because we don't know the future Arnett. I mean, we, I'd love right. to see this be a, a Cinderella story and, and him stick around for a long, long time. But you know, th that's why you can't just go out and hire anybody because what does it look like three years from now? Do I have a job or can we go somewhere else? So yeah, right. I, I think it's very impressive what he's been able to put together here. And Shane, I would add to that again, Mississippi state third longest bowl streak in the sec just won nine games. Mm -hmm. The fans are not going to sit on their hands if they go five and seven and be no. like, oh, he's doing a good job. Hell no, they're going to say, Is, we yeah. may have to move on from it. You know what I mean? So not saying that'll happen by any means, but that's a tough sell to people to say, hey, come into Mississippi State. The expectations are sky high. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we got this thing rolling. Uh, to help me take it to the next level. That is not an easy ask, particularly – with uh, Texas and Oklahoma coming into our league here pretty soon. So, uh, again, I think that speaks to Zach Arnett's ability to recruit some yeah. elite coaches to come down here to take us to that next level in Starkville. Absolutely. So let's uh, discuss the returning production, Shane, on the offensive side of the ball for Mississippi State. 57% of the offensive production is back, 10th in the SEC. That's where that ranks. But – we got the key piece right here, Shay, because over 98% of the passing yards are back, mm -hmm. thanks to Will Rogers, who threw for 3,974 yards. <laughs> These are crazy SEC stats. You know what? Oh, man. If you total up all the walks I've done, I haven't hit 3,000 <laughs> yards. <here. laughs> 
<laughs> Get bar two out. I don't know if that's right or not, but, but it doesn't feel right. <laughs> 51% of the rushing is back, Shane, led by Woody Marks, yes. 582 yards. Now, we we did lo- lose Dylan Johnson to the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. We'll get to more of that in a minute. So, we're going to need some running backs to step up. Receivers, Shane, this is another one. I think this is just a reflection of them changing the offense and Mike Leach no longer running the show. I think a lot of these receivers looked around and said, well, we're not going to be throwing it 80, 90 times a game, so maybe right. I ought to leave. Only 36.5% of the receiving yards are back. Six of the top nine receivers from last year are gone. Many of those hit the portal, but that's just going to free up more touches for Tulu Griffin and Xavion Thomas, who looked outstanding in yeah. the spring game. And then on the offensive line chain, we bring back four guys with starting experience. So they got a lot to work with, and they've added some JUCO pieces as well um, there is a real chance Shane that Mississippi State's offense does a 180 this year under this new coaching staff yeah man I mean I remember Leach throwing them chairs you know that he wasn't always <laughs> happy with those receivers so I mean that's, I mean maybe a clean slate is not a bad idea and just starting fresh so I I like you said I'm going off the spring game if they could continue off that keep building that momentum they, they've got they got some dudes man <laughs> I, I'm still chuckling at Mike Leach with those damn chairs. Yeah. <laughs> Talking to their girlfriends. What did, what did he say? Yeah. Now how about the defense, Shane? Returning only 43% of the production. That ranks 13th yeah. in the SEC, so second to last. But, man, Shane, maybe the two best linebacker duo in the entire SEC, uh, top two tacklers from last year in the entire conference, Jet Johnson and Boogie Watson, are mm-hmm. back. The top three tacklers return, but the next seven are off. So only three of the top ten. But if you're only going to have three of the top ten, Shane, you want the three at the top, and that's, <laughs> that's what right. we got at Mississippi State. Uh, 46% of the sacks are back. Only 14% of our interceptions from last year are back. Yeah. So secondary, losing some key pieces there. Emmanuel Forbes, of course, a first-round NFL draft pick. So uh, we got some star power to replace in the secondary. Yeah, yeah. But again, you got the king of defense as your yeah. coach. I'm, I am not worried. He will identify talent back there. He will restock this roster. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, shift Shane to the transfer portal. Uh, starting with uh, the players they lost to the transfer portal. Only two of these I think are really kind of critical, Shane, and that's Ra Ra Thomas, who transferred to yeah. Georgia. Really good receiver. And then Dylan Johnson, I already mentioned him, running back, transferred to Washington. I think those are two pieces that you're you're going to wish that you had if you're Mississippi State this fall. But we've added some pieces, too. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> uh, Caleb Ducking, Shane, I, I can't believe this. I don't know the story, but he's in the he got in the portal right after the season. And yeah. he, to my knowledge, he's not landed anywhere. So is there a spot back for him? I don't know, but uh, maybe that's, maybe he can dance on back to campus. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm Waddle saying. Waddle on back. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had one just the other day, Shane uh, Rufus Harvey, another receiver. But yeah, uh, I hear, you know, this seems like a sad story. Starkville native, I think, as it's relayed to me, Shane, he wants to keep playing football, but I think he's medically, you know, they won't let him. So. He's yeah. essential. That's my understanding. I, I apologize if any of this is incorrect. So I think now he's in the portal to see, 
you know, if someone's willing to take a chance with, and I don't know the specifics of his injury, but it just sounds like he may not be able to play football any longer, which is, that's tough for, oh, that uh, especially a Starkville native that, you know, he had to have grown up wanting to be a star yeah. from Mississippi State, you know? I, I would imagine. I, I don't I don't know him personally or anything, but you know, I, I would imagine that that's that's tragic, man. That sucks. It, yeah. You always want to play your last game. You don't you don't know when it's going to happen all the time, and and you, you kind of want it to be your last, like you know, you know. So I, right. I just kind of hate that for the kid. Now they lost a couple quarterbacks, Shane, but we never really seen these guys, so I don't know how much of a loss that truly is. To be honest with you, uh, they lost a number of other guys, but most of them didn't go to a big school. So only two that stand three that stand out Javon Banks the defensive lineman he went to Kansas State mm-hmm. uh, defensive back Adair Adarion Collins went to Penn State and then Shane can you believe this a kicker kicker left but he went to Michigan Hudson hold back hold me back mm. from you going to that garbage <laughs> conference you know what that's right <laughs> kick him cold footballs buddy you enjoy it up there in Ann Arbor <laughs> So now let's switch to the guys we got incoming, Shane, to Mississippi State. And, you know, this raised eyebrows when it happened. I'm still kind of perplexed by it, but I'm putting him at the top of the list because I don't know how they're going to utilize him. But given what we've already seen from him in this conference, I have to imagine he's going to get on the field in some capacity and he's going to make a a splash in some shape or form. And I'm talking, Shane, Mike Wright. quarterback from Vanderbilt he was a team captain up there led him to wins over Kentucky and Florida over 2,000 passing yards 21 passing touchdowns 908 rushing yards another seven on the ground so when I say we'll see him I'm not I'm not suggesting we're going to bench Will Rogers for for Mike Wright but you know I I certainly could see Wildcat yeah yeah, packages goal line uh, even throw him out you know if we get you know, God forbid, an injury to a receiver or two. Maybe we give Mike Wright some run out there. He is just so explosive, so dynamic. Yeah. And, heck, throw him out there with Will Rogers, and we'll do some double passes. And uh, <laughs> I just think he'll have a big impact on this football team. You know, he kind of reminds because, I mean, obviously this was a big head-scratcher for me, too, because it seems like there were other options. Uh, even right. staying in Vanderbilt, you know, I, I think was an option. But, but man, I, I – when I think of, of Mike in this system, the first name that comes to my mind is old Pittsburgh Steeler Antoine Randall You remember him, right? And oh, it yeah. just felt like he was a Swiss Army knife that could just about do anything. And worst-case scenario, he is a reliable backup quarterback on your team. So mm-hmm. I, I think they're going to keep him on the field, probably not as quarterback, but if Will does get banged up or something, you got a guy that can step in and, and lead your team. Mm-hmm. Now – Shane, I already said we we lost a kicker for some damn reason to Michigan. Well, that's yeah. all right because we brought one in, brother. We brought in <laughs> Nicholas Barmira from UCLA, made 35 of 49 field goals up there, so over 71%, and he, he's made 143 PATs, so 97% on PATs. Very experienced kicker. I think we can slide him right into the starting lineup. Yeah. And how about this, Shane? They, this- they were, that other kicker was wondering why all the shit was packed already, you know? <laughs> They already had this guy on the hook, you know, like, oh, man, we really hate that you're leaving. Hey, your bus is – your cab's out front, you know. With the new offense, we need tight ends, Shane. We haven't had a tight end in this offense for five, six seasons. Rylan 
good from Georgia. Mm-hmm. Never got on the field at Georgia, but he was a touted recruit. And saying you can't get on the field at tight end at Georgia, that's because they had all world <laughs> yeah, future I mean, NFLers <laughs> up there. You know what I mean? So yeah, he's probably NFL talent too. He just can't exactly. get out there. Yeah, he could be a diamond in the rough. And how about this, Shane? I I had no idea. I totally uh, missed this when it happened. They added a, a tight end from TCU, George Quervius Spivey. And mm. why this is so unique, Shane? Guess where he started his college career? Mississippi State. Mississippi State. <laughs> so he's back for another. I mean, went to TCU and said, what is this joke of yeah. a football conference? Get me back to the SEC. He had 11 catches, 136 yards, and he's a like touchdown. They, he's like, year. we didn't lose too bad to Georgia up there at Mississippi <laughs> State. <you know? laughs> now, Shane, I said they, they uh, lost some production in the secondary. Well, here's where they make it up. Kamari Rogers from Miami. Mm-hmm. He was only down there one year. He was the number 15 corner in the entire country. He's a Mississippi native. So coming home, yeah. Kamari Rogers, he could be an instant impact player, one of the most talented players they have in the secondary. Radarius Jones from LSU, another Mississippi native, former four-star. Didn't play last year because he was suspended, but if you can get on the field at LSU, which he did his entire time, uh, you can play at Mississippi State, too. So there's two impact players. And Christopher Keys from Indiana had 14 tackles and a pass breakup. So getting some nice experience via the transfer portal mm-hmm. in this secondary. We're going to need these guys. Uh, they also added a running back, Kevon Lee from Penn State, Shane. Over 1,000 yards, six touchdowns during his time at Penn State. So we're getting some running back depth. And added uh, – a punter, an Australian punter, Shane. Oh. So, but these Australians are taking over. You know what? Absolutely. Is he one of those that runs around off the side and everything? I wonder. I think they all do. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Them crazy bastards, you know. <laughs> it's so ugly. It's like I, I. It's like this is the worst pun ever, and then all of a sudden it's fifty-five yards down the field, and everybody's around it because nobody wants to pick it up. So, no, I'm I'm all for Aussie punters, man. <laughs> Now, uh, the recruiting, Shane, they finished 26th in the country. That's low for, for Mississippi State standards. But, obviously, you, you have to factor in. There was a coaching change, and, you know, other coaches were trying to pick apart their commits and everything like that. I, I think they only lost one commit during that entire time. So, hell of a job to Zach Arnett and company. They landed the number 10 safety in the country, Isaac Smith. He was an All-American. Mm-hmm. The number 14 athlete who's going to be a receiver, Creed Whittemore, Right out of Gainesville, Shane, a four-star from Gainesville. The number 36 safety, Kelly Jones, and the number 27 quarterback, Chris Parson, from my neck of the woods here in Nashville. Very touted quarterback joining Mississippi State. And then here's where I think we can get some real impact, Shane, via the junior college ranks. You know, junior college football is huge in the state of Mississippi. So these Mississippi schools, they know the guys to pick up. They got the number one. Juco running back, Jeffrey Pittman. So, instant impact, I have to believe. Number four offensive tackle from the Juco ranks, Leon Bell. The number five Juco receiver, Jacoby Belazar. And then the number six Juco defense alignment, Eric Taylor. So, hard to believe some of these guys, if not all of them, are going to make an impact for Mississippi State this fall. Oh, yeah, man. I like Juco's. I, because every now and then – 
you get one or two that just pop and, and change your whole team dynamic here. So right. I know I'm all for this. And, and I think we kind of skated over it talking about, you know, being able to keep the recruits, but the rumor mill too was about the portal. I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I fully expected more of these kids to hit the portal and leave Mississippi state. So the fact yep. Arnett and company was able to maintain that. I mean, I think that speaks volumes to the kind of culture he's trying to create, you know, maintain down there. Yep, we're looking at you, Hugh. <laughs> All right, position breakdown, Shane. I'm going, starting with the offense, of course, quarterbacks. Yeah. Thanks in large part to Will Rogers and a Mike Wright. We mentioned we, we love Mike Wright. And that freshman, Chris Parson, a four-star. I mean, that's a pretty effective trio right there. Yeah. and So, Mike Wright, he has no eligibility past this year, right? He's a fifth-year senior, isn't he? And he graduate or graduated senior? I think he's got because of COVID. I think he's got two years to play. Oh shit! I was under the impression he just had the one. So, well, that, that I think that could work out, man. Maybe that's why he, that makes sense. For some reason, I was under the impression this was like his final year. But mm-hmm. uh, no, okay, I like this quarterback room, man. I think Will Rogers is is being slept on. I, yep. You know, I, I I see a couple things. You know, Heisman, dark horse, that sort of thing. Expect a lot of yards down here. There is going to be a lot of throwing, and and I and I think it's all going to be on the shoulders. A lot of people forget about Will Rogers. They won't mm-hmm. by the end of this season. Second position group, in my opinion, Shane, is the receivers mm-hmm. bringing back Jaden Wally, who. Uh, you know, he tore it up his freshman year. He was the first freshman since Chad Bumpus to lead the team in reception. <laughs> so it all comes full circle here. Tulu Griffin, outstanding kick returner. He's one of those guys making plays in the spring game. He led the entire nation, Shane, in kickoff return average over 32 yards per return. He also returned uh, a kickoff for a touchdown. Justin Robinson's back. He had 30 catches, 326 yards, three touchdowns. Xavion Thomas was a freshman All-American punt returner last year. He's back for year two. He's the one that had the incredible one-handed grab touchdown from Will Rogers. He looks like he's going to be a big-time player. I'm still counting Rufus Harvey in here, the the guy that got injured, who was in the portal. But, you know, let's hope he can make a comeback. You know, I feel feel bad about not including him. Jordan Mosley, the transfer from Northwestern. Creed Whittemore, that freshman from Gainesville, and then the uh, number five JUCO receiver that I mentioned, Jacoby Belazar. Ta- again, they lost what was it, six, seven yeah. receivers to the portal. This is still a very, very talented and deep group. Yeah, I mean they've they've been I mean they've been building this for a while, Mike. So they had a lot of young talent on that roster last year, and they're a year older. So I, I think this is uh, I think we're in good shape here, man. I led mm-hmm. the show with this. I, I think, again, similar to Will Rogers, a lot of people are overlooking this this course. So, uh, there's going to be a lot of action, man. If you want to catch <laughs> some balls, you go down to Mississippi State, man. <laughs> yep. And then the offensive line, Shannon said they're bringing back four guys with starting experience. Both tackles. Love to see that. Mm-hmm. Nick Jones at left tackle. Cameron Jones at right tackle. Cole Smith shifting to center. I hear great things. I think he's going to be – their best offensive lineman this year, Stephen Lousa at right guard. And then last year, Shane, this guy didn't make much of an impact. Percy Lewis, six foot eight. He was a number five overall JUCO recruit a year ago. So maybe in year two in the system, we get this giant on the field in some capacity. I already said Leon Bell, the number four JUCO 
tackle. We we just got him. Mm-hmm. We got Albert Reese, Cannon Boone, Grant Jackson. We've got some nice pieces to build around. And I'm just fascinated to see how this group looks with two offensive line coaches <laughs> uh, to, to see who takes that next step further. That's right. That's a lot of tension, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's hard enough to please one coach. You got to get two of them now. So, them boys are getting in shape right now, running their asses off. Have <laughs> there anything like those offensive line coaches I've had? <laughs> yep. All right. Running backs next on my list, Shane. We got Woody Marks. He's outstanding. Uh, Simeon Price, he actually led the team in rushing in that bowl win over Illinois with 68 yards, so a capable backup. Mentioned Jeffrey Pittman, the number one Juco runner, and then Seth Davis, a freshman. So we, I think we really need some depth to emerge here. We need to see some younger yeah. players uh, step up and, and give us something that we've not seen for a full season. But uh, th- this is not a slight on Woody Marks because I think he he's going to have his best season yet, I think, at Mississippi State. Yeah, I like Marks. I think he's a good running back, and 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 like he says, kid, this uh, this JUCO kid, if he if he takes the step forward, then all of a sudden you got two reliable backs and a somewhat yeah. of a committee here, and and I think you know that's just what you're hoping. You're just hoping that you you hit a home run here, right? And then a common theme with a lot of these Shane tight ends last, but literally because we just got these guys out of the transfer portal, we've never seen them yeah. all on the field in a Mississippi State uniform. Well, at least. Spivey, we I guess we have a couple of years ago, but he's back. So yeah, I I got to put the tight ends last until further notice. Absolutely, man. I'm I'm saying. <laughs> All right, how about the we defense? We got a good tight end, but I don't know how good he is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> defense. Shane, That's I'm my dad joke for the day. There. <laughs> I'm going with linebackers on the defense. There's no other answer than this, Shane. Nathaniel Watson. Incredible linebacker, second in the team in tackles, led him in sacks and tackles for loss. And I even pulled this a little bit further, Shane. These are the teams that I think some of the most physical on the schedule that Mississippi State plays every year. LSU, he had 11 tackles. Kentucky, 17 tackles. Georgia, (laughs) he had 16 tackles. Auburn, 10 tackles. Ole Miss, Egg Bowl, 10 tackles, including the game winner, I mean, he shows up in the moments brightest. He's an All-American candidate. Yeah. Probably, probably will be an All-American. Boogie Watson there. Uh, he, he anchors that linebacker core. Yeah, and it's weird. You know, all the ones we've done so far. This is kind of a position group that gets we don't talk about near as much. You know, so right. yeah, these guys are sitting at the top of the of the pecking order. Mm-hmm. Jet Johnson right next to him. He led the SEC with 115 tackles, 10 tackles. Uh, eight and a half for loss, two sacks. He showed up big in the Egg Bowl, too, with 10 tackles and 12 tackles in the bowl game. So, wrecking crew here at linebacker. We got Deshaun that was, Page. Uh-huh. That was my nickname in high school, Jet. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we got behind them Deshaun Page, J.P. Purvis, John Mitchell, and uh, excuse me, John Lewis and Nick Mitchell, all mm-hmm. those guys played in double-digit games last year. So a very experienced group. Next on my list here, Shane, defensive line, bringing back a couple of guys with some experience. Nathan mm-hmm. Pickering played in 12 games last year. Jaden Crumney, who was one of their representatives at SEC Media Days, he yeah. got kind of banged up, but played in five games, had 15 tackles last year. Jordan Davis, Shane, he's been playing so long, he was – 
he committed to Butch Jones at Tennessee, uh, Jordan Davis did, but he's still at Mississippi State getting it done, and DeMonte Russell, who played in 13 games. So uh, not as deep as we'd want to be in the SEC on the defensive yeah. line, but uh, some quality front-line players for the Bulldogs. Got some pieces, Mike. We got, again, and that's similar theme through Mississippi State. We've got pieces. We just we need some of this other talent, younger talent, exchanging in talent to emerge. Right. So that leaves the secondary as my third ranked position, Shane, to carry on Richardson, 13 starts last year. He's the star of the show back here. Sean Preston, four starts last year. Marcus Banks, former Alabama player that transferred last year to Mississippi mm-hmm. State. It's time for him to step up. Uh, Jordan Morant, a, a Michigan transfer that came down here last year. Time for him to step up. And, uh, you know, we mentioned the other Rodgers and Jones, the LSU and Miami transfer. So we got transfers coming in as well. But uh, some some question marks, I'll say. Some very talented, but until further notice, I think we got to put the secondary for Mississippi State kind of uh, in the in the last position on this defense. You know, and I, and I don't want to, I don't want to, I mean, this is we're we're promoting these guys. We're 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 Hell State fans, but. Mike, if you're comparing them to other DBs in the SEC right now, I mean, are we talking how low? How low are we? How low would you go right now? I mean, that again, a lot of question marks, but a lot of teams got question marks. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to figure. I'm trying to wrap my head around what you think. You know, you're looking at them linebackers. They're on. They're on cloud nine. They're the top, and then you got these DBs. How much space is in between there? Um, I, I guess if you want a, a comparison, and this is not going to go over well probably, Shane, but I'd say Tennessee with, yeah. you know, some experience, maybe not like a true lockdown, but we got young talent that's unproven. So that they kind of remind me of maybe a little bit of Tennessee in that regard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm just, just trying to see because sometimes we get lost in these rankings and, and you, may, you may put somebody at last, but still they're pretty damn good or something, you know. So right. are, you, are you worried? Because I always worry about not having good DBs, man, That's in, in this day and age. Well, here's the thing I'm not worried about, Shane. That's his defensive staff that yeah. has remained intact, that know these players better than anybody, that know what they can do and, more importantly, what they can't do. And that's why they're bringing guys via the transfer portal yeah. to shore up. You know, maybe this guy's a good nickel. Maybe this guy's a good safety. But we had to play him out of position last year or – you know, just just some highly – I mean, hell, they clearly know what they're doing. Emmanuel Forbes was a first-round pick last year. So yeah, that's true. They know that's... how to coach these guys up. It's just we've just not seen this group specifically on the field together. Okay. All right. So now's the part, Shane, I like to do my top ten Mississippi State Bulldogs as rated by the NCAA video game. And uh, I think you're going to like this one, Shane, because I got – my man Will Rogers up at the top of the list, quarterback. I'm giving him a 90 with uh, room to grow, certainly. But I I think a 90, I think that's pretty fair for Will Rogers. I also got Boogie Watson, the linebacker, also at a 90. So I'm kind of cheating a little bit. They're both they're both <laughs> up. They're both, you know, he's a quarterback of the defense, so to speak. Yeah. I got Jet Johnson, your nickname, yeah. 89, the third best player on the team. I got Woody Marks next at an 88. outstanding running back to Lou Griffin because he gives you something in the return game, bumping him up to an 87. I think he's huge 
breakout potential. 99 agility. Exactly. <laughs> 99 Excel. 86 Jaden Wally, the number one yeah. receiver. Great combo there. Uh, Jaden Crumity, the defensive tackle, 85. The, at corner, 84. DeCarion Richardson, give me him. I think he could be our number one. 83 wide receiver, Xavion Thomas, the punt returner, who's going to step up this year. And last but not least, 81, Cole Smith at center. Like I said, I think this is a big, big season for Cole Smith. I think he's going to emerge as our best offensive lineman. Yeah. Okay, I dig it. I dig that list. So, real quick, Shane, biggest camp questions for Mississippi State, in my mind, let me know what you think about this. It's really about this offense getting it on the same page with all this transition and new coaching staff and new scheme, new terminology. I mean, I, there's going to be a learning curve there. We've got to get that up and up and running because we got uh, we're playing in the SEC West, brother. We don't got time right. to get this going. Uh, defensive backs, who steps up there, and finding depth at running back in the defensive line. Those are kind of my big question marks for Mississippi State entering camp. Yeah, and well, I've got a couple myself. The DBs, that's that's the one I keep asking you about because that's the one I'm I'm worried about. So who like you, who steps up on that side? Who steps up on the defensive line? We're gonna have some have some depth. You know, it's not we don't need to just survive the first four weeks. We've got twelve weeks of football we gotta get through here. And so you're gonna have to have some some dudes coming in off the bench. So who mm-hmm. are those subs and, and do we have that much drop off? And and then my man my the the lingering one for me is just Mike Wright. I wanna see what is what is what is he gonna be in this offense. I, I think he's at times, I remember the Hawaii game. He was one of the most – I mean, he was, it was freaking electric, you know? And it's like, yeah. this guy is awesome, you know? And, and do they – are they able to bottle some of that out of – some of that up and use it in Mississippi State. I, I think so. So, uh, that's that's my, my last one there. It's just because I think he's going to be awesome. Yeah. No, that's a good one, Shane. All right. So, now we get to the point, Shane, where we pick the schedule analysis here. When – loss or toss i'm going to give you the ones i think mississippi state fans should anticipate as wins just looking at the schedule right off the bat you let me know if there's any disagreements here shane i mean right out the gate these should be some easy wins here southeast louisiana oh, come on that's a win right <laughs> i don't yeah northeast <laughs> northwest don't matter you know as long as it ain't lsu yeah that's an easy win <laughs> yeah. now arizona comes to town maybe a little bit trickier they've got a good quarterback but we went on the road smashed them at yeah. arizona at home arizona that should be a win that should be a win mike was a win last year should be a win this year Mm-hmm. All right, Western Michigan also at home. Another easy win, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, Western <laughs> Michigan definitely an easy win here. I think you. I Michigan just now get my, are coming I'm, down. <laughs> I'm getting my schedule here. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, Western Michigan. That's that's an easy dub there. All right. I I don't think this is gonna be you know a slam dunk easy because I've. I've been touting this team up, but you're getting them at home. I think Mississippi State fans expect to beat Kentucky at home. Do you, do you think that's fair? Uh, yeah. I think if you're a Bulldog fan, this this is – I mean, you ask any of them. You poll them all right now. They're yep. pointing out the wins. Kentucky is a win for them. Right. And same deal, obviously, with Southern Miss. 
No Bulldog fan expects to lose to that game. And I got one more, Shane. This may not be fair because this is a hell of a rivalry and the home team doesn't always win, but it just means the world to everyone there. And you just want it. I got to put Ole Miss on this list, Shane. No Mississippi State fan <laughs> goes into a season <laughs> saying, well, this is a toss-up. We might lose. Hell no. They're beating Ole Miss. So I got six games on this, Shane, that Mississippi State fans entering the season chalking up as a win. What's your thoughts on that? I had this one as a toss, Mike. But (laughs) I will say one that you clearly have as a toss, I had Auburn as a win. So, um, yeah, I I could see myself flip-flopping that one. Um, Yeah. No, I think uh, that's fair. Yeah. So, I only have two games, Shane, that I think the Bulldogs are unlikely to win. And, unfortunately, they're both at home which maybe yeah. gives you a puncher's chance. Maybe, you, maybe you'll pull the upset. LSU at home, mm-hmm. just because I'm on record, I think they're going to be great this year. And Alabama at home. Do you, would you disagree with any of those? Would you throw any other team as an unlikely win for Mississippi State? No. I mean, given the proximity of Alabama to Mississippi State, those those no, – I'm just kidding. <laughs> Gary's probably going to bring it up one more time if he's doing this one. So, uh, I, no, I'm going to go Alabama-LSU. And I'm not saying – like you said, it's at home. So, you know how that place gets. That place gets yep. freaking crazy sometimes. And, and who knows, they're due a good upset. So, but, uh, but right now – It's all now, about – Getting to the fourth quarter and making it a competitive game, and you can steal one of these if it's tight. But you know, if you're down two two touchdowns at halftime, you know what I mean. They should have beat LSU at LSU last year. So it's it's not a. I mean, obviously, we're talking two different programs here. But then again, that's that's what Mississippi State has created down there a winning team. Now the toss ups, Shane. Here's the beauty of this. I think these are all winnable. And I think in large part I put them as toss-ups because they're on the road. It is difficult to win in the SEC, but Mississippi State's no stranger to winning on the road. At South Carolina, that to me is a Mm toss-up. At Arkansas, at Auburn, and at Texas A&M, a team that you have – you really had A&M's numbers. So I got those four as toss-ups. Yeah, I'm with you. The Auburn, obviously, I've got as a win, but – uh, mm-hmm. And I'd probably switch, like I said, the Ole Miss. It's just that game's so unpredictable that right. I don't know how you could just pencil it in, you know. But, but yeah, yeah you ask Mississippi State fans, they they've had that damn penciled in for the next ten years, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and to your point, just cover your ears real quick, Mississippi State fans. But I believe Lane Kiffin is two and zero in Starkville. So yeah, that to your point. But let's break down the schedule, shame week by week again as Mississippi State homers. Best case scenario, trying to predict the schedule, the, the the record, excuse me, by the end of the season, starting with Southeast Louisiana at home. Come on, get get the <laughs> hell out of here. That's an easy win, right? That's an easy win. Going to be knocked out, what, 11 o'clock Central Time. So, yes, you will be home early on this one. You watch the rest of the games. <laughs> they're say, this is one of those, another one, they're like, can we move it to Thursday so we can just get it over with? Absolutely. All right, how about Arizona week two? Again, tricky. They got they got a good quarterback, but er, you're going to need more than a good quarterback to come to Starkville yeah. and walk away with a win. So I think it's an easy 2-0 and for Mississippi State. Well, I, the reason I think it's tricky, man, is is I, I think this is where some growing pains come in. Um, it helps that you got Will Rogers. You know, it helps that you got Marks back there. It helps you got, you know, defensive 
you know, leadership. So Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to take too long to bring it together. But sometimes when we get a coach change, especially new type of play calling, it gets a little sloppy there right out of the gate. So I think this is closer than than it should be. But Mississippi State does get the win. They pull away here at the end. Now, how about this? This is going to be a critical game, Shane, and maybe – you know, if you do exceed expectations, it's going to start right here with LSU coming to town. Like you said, you gave them a hell of a game last year. Uh, kind of fell apart late in the game. That's why you lost the game. If you could play four quarters strong, maybe you can pull the upset. But um, I, unfortunately, am going to have to give this one to LSU. So give me Mississippi State 2-1 and one after three weeks. What do you think? Well, you know, I was joking about the Southeast Louisiana on my – my phone here it's got a it's got it at four o'clock so that should be a i mean that'd be a bloodbath you really southeast louisiana they want that shit done early you know what i'm saying (laughs) four o'clock that's it's gonna get violent over there so that one will be a blowout they said mississippi state 730 against arizona and then lsu mississippi state is penciled in at 12 so i don't know if there's any type of wiggle room there but a noon game mississippi state i think this is a huge favor for you guys because how many times have we seen lsu like that you know the arkansas game last year just kind of dragging a little bit so mm-hmm. um I, I think this could be a ball game it's just i just think lsu's just got a little too much power so uh give me the first loss here yeah all right the following week shane at south carolina Mm-hmm. Again, if you missed it, we talked. We did South Carolina on the last one. Man, they were wildly inconsistent. I yeah. mean, they lost to Missouri at home. Then they turn around and they beat Tennessee at home. And then yeah. they beat Clemson on the road. So you just never know exactly what you're going to get from Beamer Ball. But, um, you know, Shane, I think the worst part of this is just where this game is on the schedule. <laughs> With LSU. Ultimate and, trap game here. Right, Alabama sandwiched in between here. I mean, you're going to be taking a beating on both sides of this. I just going on the road, williams Bryce, very tough place to play, not somewhere Mississippi State is used to playing. I unfortunately, Shane, I got. I think I got to give this one to South Carolina. Oh, Mike, you just love them Gamecocks, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> because – I'm kind of with you there, man. And, and and what concerns like if this was week two, yeah, I think I think they get them. You know, I think they beat right. South Carolina, but coming off that that tough fought potential loss with LSU, and then maybe looking ahead to Alabama, and then William Bryce, you said it. If this is a night game, watch out. This that's going to be a dangerous environment. <sighs> but. I'm a bulldog homer today. And there ain't no way we lose to South Carolina. Get the hell out of here, Mike. <laughs> All right, how about the next one, Shane? This is where your opportunity to really make the Bulldogs happy because Alabama comes to town. And certainly, Shane, it is fair to say Nick Saban's teams for multiple years in a row now have struggled on the road. Mm-hmm. You get them rattled. They start having penalty after penalty. Maybe they, at this point, they still don't know who their quarterback is. This is a real, real opportunity to to steal one here. I think if you're Mississippi State, and I, I believe Alabama will be going on the road to Texas A&M the following week That's after correct. this. So, yeah. trap game city right here. There's reasons to believe in Mississippi State. 
God, they might have to give Zach Arnett a contract extension a couple games into his tenure if he gets this win. Unfortunately, Shane, I just I don't have that. Um, I got Mississippi State going down to Alabama once again. Yeah, you know, I mentioned Dak season uh, when they were going undefeated. I mean, they had a shot there with Bama, yeah. and still with, with the stars aligned, they just couldn't get it done. It's almost like that. It's just that. You know how it is, Mike. You just got that 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 moment. You just can't. It make it. You make it bigger than it is. You you see that a, and I think that's where we're at with Mississippi State right now. They're making Bama bigger than they are, and uh, it's just tough placement. Even though I do like potential trap game with Bama, you got A and M. The you had Ole Miss the week prior. Who knows? Maybe Lane pulled off some some kind of magic. But uh, I think we get a loss here, Mike. Hmm. All right, so Western Michigan, this game could loom large, Shane, particularly if the season plays out as I just forecasted it. You don't want to have these games, Alabama cost you twice and have you know upset cities here. But I believe in Zach Arnett, believe in these Bulldogs. I don't think there's any chance Western Michigan gets them, but this will be a, a tremendous opportunity for a get-right game, so to speak. Get right game right before a bye week, so I, I think this is a, I think it's a little sluggish. Obviously, coming off a, a potential loss there, but I think they quickly pull ahead here. This is going to be one of those that's a second half blowout kind of games. Right now, you said something interesting there, Shane, and I, honestly, I was leaning towards them Razorbacks, but two weeks to prepare for Razorbacks yeah. going on the road. Who knows? I mean. Arkansas struggled at the tail end of last season. If that carries over, two new coordinators. You know, everything you could say about Mississippi State and their coaching turnover, it's almost the same with Arkansas. I know Sam Mm -hmm. Pittman is back, but massive scheme change for offense and defense for the Razorbacks. I don't know if this is an upset or not, Shane, but give me them Bulldogs to beat Arkansas two years in a row. Yeah, no, no, you – yeah, I wouldn't make this a – that's not an upset, Mike. This is expected down there in Mississippi State. You know what I'm saying? This, yeah. If, I, if you're a homer here and, and the stars are aligned, this is this is where we're at, man. We're, the, the pieces are coming together. Everyone's healthy. We're mm-hmm. starting to figure out those DB, the DB situation. We've got some young emerging talent on the defensive line. You know, yep. Marks is the deal. Will Rogers is the deal. These receivers are taking off. There's no reason – that you should lose to Arkansas. So yeah, I, I think this two weeks to prepare for this one. This is this is going to be a good game for him and gets him back in the top twenty-five. Right now, the following week, very tricky game, Shane, on the road on the plains. Not an easy place to play. Everybody's falling in love with Hugh Freeze <laughs> and his ability to work the transfer portal. Who knows if he's even a head coach, Shane? By this point in time, he's one scandal away from being banned from coaching in the SEC. But uh, no, I, I kid. I think Auburn will be much improved this next season. But Mississippi State's gotten the better of Hugh Freeze many a time. Shane, give me another W for Mississippi State. Again, th- this will be difficult going on the road back-to-back weeks, Arkansas and Auburn. I think those are very winnable games. But I, yeah. you could easily talk me into Mississippi State losing them as well. I think the difference is – having veteran leadership with Will Rogers and Boogie Watson and Jet Johnson. This is not the first rodeo for your key players here. Uh, That's why I'm not as phased as I would be for 
uh, a much younger team in ESCC going on the road, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean, this is the meat of your schedule. I know everybody points to Alabama and the LSU game, but these four weeks right here with Arkansas, uh, Texas A&M, Kentucky, and and now Auburn here, not in that order. But you know what I'm saying? Those four teams, every week you got to bring your A game. You cannot afford to take your foot off the gas or you yeah. will get passed up. So Auburn is that type of team. I think they are going to be that type of team. They're, they're, they're building – they're they're building something. Mississippi State had it. They lost a couple of pieces, but they're not building like Auburn is. And I think that's where we're going to be able to take advantage of the competitive depth here. So uh, give me a give me a win down here in the plains. Now the following week, Shane Kentucky comes to town. I anticipate this to go down to the wire. Yeah, another one that I think either team could win. I think Kentucky will be much improved, Shane, but. I ain't counting out them cowbells, I'll tell you that right now. Give me give me another close – I mean, these three games, these are all 50-50 type ball games here. But uh, I think Mississippi State picking up some momentum. Um, you know, the break breaks will go their way at home. Give me a win over Kentucky. Yeah, this is a tough one, Mike. This is, because here's, here's what you're predicting, that Kentucky doesn't – figure it out you know that that all these new pieces these new toys that that stoops has got up there isn't right. legit which will kentucky you're gonna have your day all right <laughs> because i i mean we're, we're talking about the bulldogs having it figured out here they are just as talented man this roster is just a talent they got just as good of a quarterback they got just as good as a running back you know they got they got some dudes at the receiver spot. I mean, this is a this is going to be a fun, exciting offense, and this yeah. could be a hell of a shootout, Mike. I mean, this may be uh, kind of like them old what was that midnight pack games. You know, <laughs> it's like you're drifting <laughs> off to sleep and you're watching about eighty points go up on the board. That's what this could be. Um, so, but if I, it's a coin toss, I'm going to with my Homer glasses. I'm going to go to the Bulldogs. So give me Mississippi State with another victory here. Now, Shane, here's probably where I'm going to lose some fans here because at Texas A&M, I know you've you've owned A&M, particularly at Kyle Field for some reason. Uh, you win more than you, than you seemingly lose if you're Mississippi State. But, you know, as we do these previews, maybe I buy too much into the teams we're talking about because I'm kind yeah, of falling for Texas A&M once again. They could be awful again, Shane. And if they are, Mississippi State will win this game. But I just don't think – I just think they basically got all their their chips pushed into the middle of the table, so to speak, on this year. If A and M's awful, I think they're going to fire everybody. They've got too much talent. It's at home, one of the toughest places to play. Even when they were awful, I mean, it's still a tough, tough, tough place to play. I got. I'm going to. The winning streak for me it gets snapped right here, Shane. I'm going Texas A and M. Yeah, it, it's you know, and I, I hate to I hate to kind of go to the future here but mike I, i'm going back and forth between a handful of games there was the kentucky game yeah there was the texas a&m game and there was the the old miss game and i feel like even if the stars are aligned we're going to drop one of those so clearly i didn't pick the kentucky there's no way in hell i'm picking old miss <laughs> So this is going to be our loss here, Mike. I'm with you. And I don't know if maybe, like you said, we did them earlier in the year. And maybe that's just kind of it's still in the back of my mind because I'm in love with that roster. Yeah. But the problem, too, that you're going to run into is where these guys are got their biggest question marks, Texas A&M doesn't. You know, mm-hmm. they, they've got – 
you talk about super talented wide receivers, and and we got a potential secondary that may not be able to stop them. You know, right, right. We've, I, we've got some of the biggest, nastiest linemen down there in College Station. And again, all this is hinged on Jimbo <laughs> figuring it out. So maybe maybe I should give Mississippi State the edge since they they typically win. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is going to be the one that catches them here. Uh, give me the third loss of the year. Okay, and then the following week, Southern Miss. I mean, come on, we're we're Shit. giving that one yeah. to the Bulldogs, right? Brett Favre out there and them Levi's? No, <laughs> I don't think so. Get out of here. <laughs> well, he might sue us for that. But all right. And then final game, Egg Bowl at home. Again, another coin toss game, Shane. But yeah. like I said, Bulldogs, they, they chalk this up to a win every year. So, yeah. I mean, it means the world to them. Ole Miss could certainly win this football game. Rivalry, anything can happen in a rivalry. But we won that damn Egg Bowl for Mike Leach last year. Let's keep it one more time. Hopefully they they put a pirate eye patch on it like we talked about previously. Keep that thing in Starkville. Give me the Bulldogs, Shane. And uh, that would make them 8-4 and uh, on my predictions here. And I think a reasonable Mississippi State fan would be pretty happy with eight and four and I think you need a couple breaks to get there, but I think yeah. you can get there. Mike, I got nine and three. <laughs> I mean, we're eating Thanksgiving all fat and sassy watching them whoop yeah. up on old miss here. So I think they close out the season strong. And if you look at a, a nine and three as a perfect like as as a homer, man, as as everything works out perfectly and you come out giving the coaching change, I, I think this is a springboard for Mississippi State and our I mean that's the key Mike we don't want to see all the work that got to this point here go away and if we right. can continue even if we stay even we I mean we we had a 9 what 9 and 3 season last year Mike you know so if that happens right. or if we can maintain it during this transition I think as a Bulldog fan, you're tickled pink because you know better, better days are ahead. Soon as Arnett gets his guys, you know we we keep that's a, that's what we do around the water cooler, man. As soon as we as soon as he gets some recruits in, man, we're gonna be all right. So I yep. think if we can get a nine and three, we'll be happy with that. I just I can't wait for the reaction, Shane, to say, "Oh, cousin Shane, how much he been drinking?" He's saying Mississippi State gonna win nine games. <laughs> well, what they just do last year? They won nine football games. It ain't that crazy, you know what? No, I know, I know. And again, sometimes we get them blinders on and we get a little too too head over heels. Or maybe I should have, you know, and just penciled in a twelve and zero season here, but uh I would love nothing more. This is a team, brother. This is a team that could sneak up and surprise one of those bigs. You talked about LSU. Mike my, my three losses to Texas A and M, LSU, uh Alabama. You you if it's next year and you told me they beat one of those guys, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I'd love to watch the damn game, but I, I again, it wouldn't just blow my mind. It's not like a, a gigantic upset anymore. So, right. um, I, I, I'm excited, man. Damn, I'm excited. I'm hey, excited. Keep in mind, to see what Shane, they- last year's nine win season came with a year where they had to catch Georgia out of the East. Yeah, they didn't lose a damn game. Obviously, you know, most dominant team in college football. We're trading that. For South Carolina, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to South Carolina, but a hundred out of a hundred, someone that if you ask, would you rather play Georgia? Or would you rather play South Carolina? You're going to take South Carolina yeah. at this point in time, so uh, you're coming out ahead on the, on the scheduling front as well. Yeah, no, I dig it, man. 
Don't get me started. I'll start erasing some of these losses, Mike. <laughs> I'll have them winning a natty this year. <laughs> well, brother, so that's another preview in the book. You got anything else before we hop off the line? No, man. Uh, again, thanks for all the love and support on the Big Orange Walks. Uh, you know, we, we referenced it on the other show. And we're going to keep saying it. Don't forget. Uh, what is it? The 15th? Yes, yeah, Saturday the, the 15th. Saturday the 15th from 3 to 6. We're going to be in Nashville. So you need to put in your PTO time now. Tell your boss. Don't do, do like my brother. My brother just put his in. I was like, dude, we've, <laughs> we've had media days scheduled for six months. And you're just now putting your time in. Get your time in. Bring the lady down to Nashville. Have have a ball. Come see us. Hang out. Uh, the Bearded Iris there by the top. I mean, you can do all kinds of stuff in Nashville. It's Nashville, man. Uh, yeah. So come hang out with us. Drink some cold beers. I think it'll be fun. Yeah, I can't wait for it, brother. Well, I can't wait for the next episode to show you who we're going to preview on the next that SEC podcast, but thank you very much. But man, I'm, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Yeah, but that's <laughs> just a rambling man. You, the roles have reversed, Mike. <laughs> well, buddy, I guess I need to cut myself off here yeah. before I say something crazy. But I appreciate you as always. I appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out. We'll catch you on the next one. All right, see you guys. Hell State. <laughs> Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate, and the pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.